Hello and welcome to another episode of the Arsenal Editor Podcast. It's been a bit of a weird week again um, in the crazy script that is Arsenal season. Um, on Thursday, we had a, a terrible, terrible night in Europe, which was pretty depressing. So uh, I ran away. I ran away and I've been to Devon for the weekend, quite frankly. It's a bank holiday in the UK. I've been camping and I've put my phone away and I kind of forgot that football even existed. And to, to, to be honest, uh, I actually didn't watch the Newcastle game. I've since watched it to, to obviously catch up and know what to talk about on this podcast. Um, but it was quite relieving. And to my shame, I actually didn't expect the result that we got. And it was nice that we won. Um, but we'll talk about it, and uh, we've to, to talk about it with us. We've got season ticket holder, friend, and WhatsApp group member from Mikhail's Uplifted Bastards, I think it is at the moment, or Gleeful. One uh, of Gleeful. the ones that me and Gus. It is Gleeful. It's Gleeful. Yeah. Well, we've got Tom. How you doing, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you for the introduction. Um, excited to talk about Arsenal and uh, big week ahead, big semi-final, second leg. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a big week. Let's, uh, no. let's get started. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's kind of, it's been, uh, I suppose if, if Arsenal season did anything, it's been unpredictable. And um, I don't think any of us could predict it as just how badly Thursday went. And then some of the things that happened yesterday that were really good um, were kind of unexpected given the what we've had. Um, and, you know, particularly with how, how well Newcastle have been doing and how frustrating they've, they've been for some teams. So um, I guess maybe to... We so we usually, I think maybe just for the listeners' benefit, usually what we do is we post on social media um, after a game, looking for a three-word summary from everyone, uh, and then some questions to submit for the game. So, but obviously, we're taking part in the social media boycott, um, you know, to do all to do with racism and things like that, which is which is a really nice gesture, obviously, but by no means the solution. And we're happy to take part in it because I think it's a it's a really good thing to do, and hopefully this will change the conversation a bit. But um, obviously, so we didn't actually post on social media. Um, but also, so so we haven't managed to get obviously three word summaries from you guys. We've got a couple ourselves, and obviously the same with questions. Um, so, but also in the context of Newcastle, we will talk about Newcastle. But I suppose contextualize it with the sandwich of uh, the semi final uh, loss of last week, and then looking ahead to next week as well. So, um, so if, just before we do the three word summaries, I guess Tom, how did you feel about about Thursday? It was pr- pretty disappointing, right? I think I think if you'd have told me at the end of the game it's it's two one, um, I would probably be disappointed. But then, if you give me the context of the game and the fact that we lost a player after after um, well, I mean, two 0 down at half time, I, I I thought it was a terrible uh, terrible game. And then and then we find out that Savas got sent off. I can't remember what minute it was. Maybe sixtieth minute. Something like that. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And can't we're remember. Just, yeah. I mean, as soon as that happened, I was thinking, oh, it's, 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 we're just not going to get that, that away goal that means so much. Um, but, to, but to finish the game 2-1, Pepe to step up and take that penalty, I'm not sure it was um, the best <laughs> penalty. I mean, Harry Kane would probably be putting it away a bit better, and I know it's blasphemous <laughs> to say, but I think uh, you've still got to be props to him for, for stepping up and taking that. I know I, I'd probably struggle with it. Um, but yeah, to come away, for, to come away with, a, with a 2-1, and we should be pretty happy. And going into this Thursday, I think we should be optimistic, um, especially with the way we played against Newcastle and, and equally the second half against Villarreal. Even with 10 men, we still look like the better team, uh, which, was, which was a big contrast to the first, the first half. It, just, it seems like we seem to be starting slow at the moment. I don't really understand, I don't really understand why that's happening. Um, I mean, the players are saying it themselves that they just don't seem to be coming out of the blocks quickly yeah. enough. Um, I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's. I mean, look, I mean, it, it's it's happened a few times now, and we've kind of got in a. When we've been at our worst this season, we've had two bad habits, and that's conceding uh, early, and then conceding like either just before half time or, um, you know, just at really really bad crucial moments, either making awful errors and things like that. And those two goals that we conceded were just so weak and like yeah. you say it, it just looks like going to be one of those evenings it could have been three Leno made a great save and was really important and he needed that as well to be honest um 
you know, he's had a slightly dodgy last few weeks, and I think he had a great game, and he really needed that. So, um, but it's interesting suppose... actually when you see, when you see with Leno, it's interesting that um, Arteta made the decision to rest him. We don't, was it a rest yesterday against Newcastle? I don't know. It's a good what, question. Uh, we said um, on that. Do you, well, should we go into that then? That's a good point. Do you know what, Tom? That's a great segue to get onto Newcastle. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're a natural, mate. So, um, well, let's go into the lineup. But I suppose before that, what was your, do you have a three word summary for the game? Yeah. So I went with solid routine win. Nice. Um, I think, I, did, I don't really think, having watched the game, it was anything exciting. Um, but we, we played a Newcastle team that didn't really offer much. Um, and I think, I mean, it's the reason why they're 17th on the table. Um, yeah, it felt like that, didn't it? I mean, I, I went for, I was really trying to be funny, mate, and I was really failing. <laughs> I, I literally, I was trying to think of something funny. Maybe it's because I've been away and my mind's a bit blank at the moment, but I, I couldn't think of anything funny. And maybe it's because I'm just genuinely not a funny guy, who knows? But uh, <laughs> I just said what we needed. You know, it's it's been a rocky few weeks and it feels like it wasn't a downward spiral per se, but it was, it was we just needed a little routine win even if it was against a team that was really placid, nothing happened. They they yeah. weren't didn't really give anything. They were as bad as we were good, and it was just a, exactly what we needed from a rotated team um, to be able to get over the line. So, so well, yeah, taken us, taken us up to ninth as well. So we're we're in the top ten now. We're in the big time That's, now, mate. We're in the big time. Yeah, <laughs> not far off. Not far off. How far off the top four? Oh, twelve points off the top four. So <laughs> if we to be fair, if we win all our all our, if we win our last four games. Uh, and Chelsea lose all four, and everyone else loses. Them. Then there could be a chance, but <laughs> it could be. Uh, yeah, it could be. Well, there could be. Um, there, there could be something crazy happen. I mean, look, United. Obviously, I'm, I'm actually really impressed, to be honest, by their by their protests and the way in which they've done it. Slightly concerned at the level of security at, at Old Trafford. Yeah. Um, but I'm impressed by how how much they're happy to back their own sort of uh, like protest to, to to get rid of glazers and and how far they went obviously it's in violence which was not good obviously but i'm happy they got in the stadium it was all very funny but um what was my point to that yes so they they might get deducted points i don't know if you read that i saw that i think it's uh was interesting whether it's actually going to happen yeah um i don't know i mean it's it's i've never seen anything like that happen before i mean even even the fact that they um the fact that they actually ended the game, uh, the fact that they postponed the game was a, was a massive surprise, really. Um, mm. I can't remember in my lifetime a game. Obviously, everything that's happened this year, unprecedented year, COVID has led to a number of games being postponed. But actually, uh, a game postponed because of protests. I've seen them be delayed in the past, but it was um, a real shock yesterday mm. when, when that was all happening. I think, um, um, apart from anything else, like you say, the, the security level, I mean, the... To have let those fans in and onto the pitch. I mean, what could that have meant for the players how, if they were on there? <laughs> how, how, they that, how did that happen? Literally. Literally. I mean, I, I saw reports today saying that someone, uh, someone in like within the Manchester team or whatever had, had actually not the actual football team, but someone within uh, Manchester United actually let them into the stadium. And, no way. But no, but United actually put a statement out today to say that that didn't happen. They they like vehemently denied it. They really didn't want didn't want to be associated with it, but I'm sure. I mean, of course, they wouldn't be if there's talk of points deductions. Yeah. But fair, fair play to all of those. I mean, obviously, do not condone the violence that happened. That's shocking. Um, but but the fact that, I mean, really, they they took a real stand there, didn't they? And they've they've definitely had their voice heard again. And it, it got um, Gary Neville and and Jamie Carragher talking about the subject again. And it's still not done. I mean, I, I saw another thing today from the Premier League saying that they're um, they obviously they condoned the actions yesterday of, of the few that, that um, yeah, did what they did, but they, they did say that they are really looking at how they can stop this sort of thing happening again. Um, mm. I'm intrigued to see what they do with it, um, but I mean, it's a hot, you could have a whole other podcast on that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And particularly with the amount of protests that are going on around, and particularly with ourselves with Cronky and everything. But um, yeah, uh, it's it's always it's muddy water when you start actually postponing a Premier League game and the, one of the main issues for all teams has been the scheduling and um, you're not yeah. just you know screwing up the Man United schedule um, you know in with the interest of getting out the owners you're also screwing up Liverpool's schedule and um, uh, and and if you're the Premier League and you're your fan you've, you've you know let fans into the stadium before a game when it's Covid and they've managed to stop a Premier League game from happening just, 
Just yeah, imagine but, I mean, it might have to be punished. <laughs> actually, actually, imagine if some of those, if the players were on the pitch and they got into the stadium at that point, like it, it would have been absolute uproar. TV, like the, TV, the game being stopped on TV, all of that stuff, it would have been chaos. Carnage. Um, so they were, um, they were a bit lucky that it happened beforehand, I'd say. I mean, did you see the, there was one of the fans that had broken off the corner flag and was taken all around Manchester. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. He's going to have great memorabilia for life, really. He is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, um, well, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by their protests and I'm, I'm really impressed by because they're actually doing quite well at the moment. You know, if anyone's going to be protesting, it's us because we're doing really badly. But, um, yeah. you know, so fair play to them. But, um, alrighty, so to Newcastle. It's uh, it's Newcastle. It's in between the big games and the Premier League is basically gone and there's not really a lot to fight for. Not to say that we can just throw games away. Um, what were your thoughts on the lineup then? So you mentioned Ryan, but, you know. Well, it's a bit, obviously, we've, you can tell that Arteta's got one eye on on Thursday. Um, he, he did say in his press conference that um, a lot of those players played with 10 men for, uh, for half an hour, which he, he in a game like that, it's quite an intense thing to do. So he, he was very aware of that and he wanted to make some, some changes. So, I mean, you look at that team, Gabriel coming in, David Luiz coming in, now injured as well mm. on Thursday. Um, con- continuing with Chakra left-back, which is, I mean, for me, something I actually really, really like. Mm. Um, I think if you look at, it's a, bit of a, it's, it's a bit of a Guardiola move when you look at what's going on, what he does with Cancelo. Uh, to put Shaka in there so that he slots into the midfield role um, when players are when players are pushing forward, it's just very different. I think there's a there's a real argument now around whether whether Arteta prefers to have the person a player able to do that or whether he prefers a Tierney that gets up and down the wing. Um, otherwise, Sabias made sense considering he's not going to play on Thursday. Um, you you, you want to get a player in uh, just so that he can use his fitness now because I mean he only played sixty minutes on the on Thursday anyway. Um, and it's just good to see good to see Martinelli in the starting lineup. I know you're a massive fan, Toby. Yeah, yeah. massively. Um, yeah, it's good, really good to see him. Yeah, he he was electric as well. Sorry, go uh, on. You let you... No, he always is. Always is. I mean, he uh, the assist for Aubameyang's goal. Oh, it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And then Abame- and seeing Aubameyang back on the pitch, fantastic news considering everything he's been through recently. I mean, he's he's certainly not had the sort of season that we expect of him. Um, so great to see him get his goal as well, acrobatically. Great finish. Yeah, definitely. Um, really good to see him back. And, uh, you know, Martinelli looking so confident off his left foot, apart from anything else. And I think we'll get into the goal in a bit, I guess. Um, one one thing on the Xhaka thing, that's really interesting you brought that up about Cancelo. I hadn't really thought about that. And while Xhaka isn't very attacking per se, he does come into those midfield spaces, obviously naturally being a midfielder. And I would, I don't know what you think, and and I I I like Jacker at left back. I do. I was I was skeptical on Thursday, um, and there was a lot of stuff coming down the right. But in general, I would have to say that when he was one on one with players, you know, and particularly their tricky players, they he was pretty good. And I know the goal came from his side, uh, but I I thought it was harsh to blame him because he got the tackle in, but it ricocheted off the guy and popped up to someone really quite in an unlucky way. It was a weak foot, granted. Yeah. There was someone else there who could have helped. I think it was Emil Smith-Rowe. Well, I think we've always, um, everyone's got their own opinions on Xhaka. He's, he's, mm. he's like Marmite, isn't he? He's um, mm. just one of those players. I mean, for me, I, I really, I do like him when he isn't making those silly tackles. He's a bit of a skulls. So he, there's always a yellow card in him. Um, but yeah, a lot of the time, he's, I think he's, he dictates the play. And I, I like him usually in a centre midfield role, of course, but, in that left-back role, I do think he offers something different to Tierney. I mean, I, I would still choose Tierney over Xhaka if we've, got the, both, if we've got the both of them fully fit. But I still think Xhaka's got a place in the team. Um, I could remember Arteta when he first joined the club. He said that when he was at City, they were looking at Xhaka then. And I'm thinking, well, if that's the case, then he must, he must rate him. And that's why I think he's been part of um, Arteta's team throughout. Definitely. Um, what I did find interesting was he had the opportunity to, to captain Xhaka on Thursday. And he did because it seemed like he was the obvious choice, but he went with holding. So talk about that. Yeah. yeah, whether it's whether it's um, I don't know if it's because holding has a bigger place in the team that we than we might think, or because obviously the history with Shaka and being captain and everything that happened, he he thinks that it's probably better not to put him into that position and just to let him play his football. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I, I hadn't actually thought of that at all, but it would make sense. I mean, I, I would I would I'd find it hard push to find an Arsenal fan that would have been against him wearing the armband, particularly how much his turnaround has been so positive. And um he's he's become this really likable character, weirdly, even when he's made mistakes once or twice. I mean, there was that Burnley shocker, but yeah, um, yeah. and he does split the fan base. But I in general, I think don't think too too many people would have begrudged that. So that's interesting. Well, and I yeah, go on. He's Switzerland captain as well. So I just think when you've yeah. got a player that he captains his country why would he not be the instant choice mm. I mean it, it, either it's either it's Arteta wants him to focus on the football or it's that he has a lot of faith in holding and again it shows that that holding is seems to be his first choice centre-back alongside yeah. um, alongside Mary and I think again this week it was interesting that he rested him against Newcastle ready for Thursday yeah, I don't know um, what to think about that. I, 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 as in, because I mean, in all honesty, I thought holding and Marie were particularly bad on yeah. Thursday. I mean, no one was good, but they were shocking. I thought Marie positionally was was dire. I mean, there was it wasn't even like the two goals. I mean, obviously Marie, I think, was the one that didn't jump when the corner. But do you remember there was a there was a moment where I think it was the I think it was the could have been three 0 where Leno saved it, but it was so wide and open and like there was nobody defending there and it seemed like they carried it from like their own half and someone just ran all the way and they made that one pass without being challenged and then oh. there was just n- no one covering in the penalty box and just passed to and he was through and I I wonder I do wonder I thought because I thought Louise bringing coming in actually on that note I thought Louise coming in was a warm-up to get him minutes to play on Thursday, Thursday. because I thought he played actually really well until he got injured so I don't blame Mikel Arteta for, for, for playing him because you can't really just throw him in the deep end for Thursday but equally I guess it sounded like an injury risk and yeah that was that was disappointing so I, we'll get into later what, what we would do for for, for, for yeah. Thursday um, but yeah in general with Chaka I, I find him um, as good as he is at left back I find him it, we really miss him in midfield you know I think Ceballos is was fine today you know had a bit of energy about him and it was a good reaction from the week but there's not I've not seen enough of him that that makes me trust him and I think El Nenny and 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 Spiles as a combination is is kind of what you want against Newcastle who don't who play like that you know and it was fine yeah. but it I, I wouldn't really be too fussed again but I guess let's if we get into the game um contrarily oh that's what is that a word contrarily contrary to, to what we, we talked about earlier you know and we were we were saying obviously we didn't start well ever, and lo and behold, and then he pops up with another screamer yeah. outside the box. He only he only scores from outside the box. He loves it. He loves it. Yeah, it was good. Goal, then. Mm. Yeah, yeah, very happy to see it. Um, great to see him back in the team, and probably gave him a lot of confidence for the rest of the game. I like how Nenny. Like, I, I obviously he went out on loan, came back, and he still he still ha- I think he still has a place in the team. He's never going to be the first choice. He's always just going to be a, a rotation option, but. Um, one of the players that Wenger brought in, and obviously there was there was a reason for that, and Arteta sees something in him because hey, he he still gets some game time. But yeah, I wouldn't like for Thursday. I definitely wouldn't be thinking on any to start, even with Sabios out. Um, I'd be trying to rejig the squad so that so that it works to get Shaka back into centre mid. Um, but great, fantastic, great goal. Good to see it. Happy to see it. Um, definitely. Not much not much happened for the rest of the half. yeah there was a few moments of brilliance I mean it was a bit I mean look my general feeling the game was it was pretty it was a bit of a training game you know Newcastle have been quite a tricky customer for a lot of teams very recently Um, you know it was Liverpool and Willock's been popping up the goals funny enough but they always have uh, a plan and that plan is to sit back until the 10 minutes left and then they'll bring on Willock and you know some Maxim or whoever it may be Wilson I should say actually it comes on very late and then they um and then they hit people and that's when it hurts. And um, it just seemed that it was just so vanilla the whole time. And I mean, they played like a team that looked safe. I think that was kind of it. They felt they'd played their way out of relegation. You, mm. you, you look at the Newcastle team, they were setting up five at the back. And it's not mm. even like it's five at the back with two wing backs getting forward. Like it's, it's really that they're acting as if they were playing against City. And there's really you'd expect them, especially being 17th in the league, to come out firing and trying to trying to get some goals against Arsenal. Because realistically, we know that our defence isn't always the best, um, mm. and we do make the odd mistake when there's pressure on us. But they, they just didn't do it. There was no chasing down. I mean, Callum Wilson's obviously been out for a while, so he probably wasn't putting us under. He probably doesn't have his fitness isn't right. 
um, mm. or not the level that we'd usually expect of him. But yeah, it was um, it was the right opponent for us, really, at the right time. Uh, it was good to get a bit of confidence before Thursday, um, and obviously second half we there was there was um, more good news with a with an Aubameyang goal. Uh, had a look at the stats. I think that's that's double figures in the Prem now for for hey. Aubameyang, which is brilliant. Finally there with uh, four games to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not what we'd expect of him usually, but it's, it's, we're just fortunate that Lacazette's been popping up. And I think it's now Lacazette on 13, Aubameyang on 10, and Pepe actually with five. Is he? Yeah. Pepe yeah, on five for the season. Nice. Go on, Pepe. Yeah, and considering how, like, kind of, not little he's been used, but he's been overlooked for quite a number of well, phases in the season. And, and, and fair play to Pepe. I think when, he, when he's needed, he does step up and he does play well. And that includes when he came on. I... But yeah, no, really happy for Aubameyang when, when he got that goal. And I think really credit to Martinelli as well, because um, I thought Martinelli was electric all day. I really do. Like, he's, he's just so exciting. He's so exciting to watch. He's, he is literally like a, a kid that's just picked up a ball and he just wants to play. He doesn't want to, I don't think he really wants to defend necessarily. He wants to get the <laughs> ball and just, and just run at people. But I can remember when we had players like Walcott when he first came along. Like he, he was, he was he had just electric. And I'd probably say Oxley Chamberlain. He just wanted to take players on. Like it, it's it's the sort of player that we've been missing for a while. And I thought that maybe William would become that. Um, but I mean, if if it's Martinelli, great. But we just need to see him on the pitch a bit more. And that's why when when we talk about the team later for Thursday, I mean, he he's definitely my starting eleven. Um, yeah. Whether he's in our tatters, we'll find out. But that's it yeah. I mean that's it I, and we'll get into that in, in a bit I guess but I am I am curious to see what that means for him because he just every time he starts something crazy something really exciting I'm sorry happens with Martinelli and he looks so comfortable on both feet I mean that that was an inch perfect cross from his left foot first time it was powerful it was on point and it went straight to you know Bamiang's foot I mean I'm, again so just on a Bamiang yeah I was really happy for him because he did miss quite an easy one in the first half that uh, or a couple actually that came in, I guess, um, before that. One led to Elneny's goal when he had a little swipe and it, the <laughs> yeah. shot went backwards um, from Bellerin's cross, who I thought actually had quite a good game as well. But um, it was yeah, good to see so Bellerin really back in as well. It's, it like was. Chambers, Chambers has been playing a lot recently, so it's, it's been good to, to see Bellerin play a bit yeah. more. Um, I don't, I, again, an interesting one. I don't know who's the first choice there. I mean, it seems like Arteta likes Chambers. We know that he's good technically, but to. I, again, I don't know how much to read into with this Newcastle lineup. Whether he's going to um, stick with Bellerin for Thursday, or whether he's going to whether he's going to move with Chambers, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. But well, I thought interesting to that as well is that Chambers came on at, at, at centre back for yeah um, for Louise. So one thing I think I'd say about Arteta that, that's been, and I don't think this is all his fault because there's been inconsistencies with players, but he doesn't know his back four. Um, and coming into a semi final and you know, hopefully a final. That's it's quite worrying. And um, well, well, I suppose I'd ask you. I mean, who who would who would who would be your your best back four throughout the season? Or if if everyone was fit, who would you play? Okay, so I have given this a bit of thought. It's a it's a difficult one, but it is it does also depend on the opponent. Um, mm. I I really I'm a Leno, obviously. I just think Leno's the obvious choice. Yeah. He's, he's internationally proven. He's a, he's a great keeper. Uh, I mean, I would never have thought that he's the sort of keeper that makes a mistake. So the, the mistake that he made the other day was a massive surprise. I just don't, I think he doesn't even have it in him usually. It's just a real one-off. So always Leno. Back four, I'd go... <sighs> <laughs> it's hard, I'm isn't it? Of, it's really hard because, I, I mean, I'm a bit nostalgic, so I'd always go Bellerin because he's... Mm. Because I think of the player he was before he did his ACL, the pace he had. Like he again, he was electric. And I mean, me, I've done my ACL myself, and I know what it's like to come back from one, and you lose confidence. And I don't, I still don't think he's back being the player that he was. But I mean, he's still a very, very good player. Um, I wouldn't say he's necessarily the right, back, the best right back in the league, which is what we thought he was when he really, when he first came through. And I, I think Chambers, as he proved with his time at Fulham. Okay, granted they went down, but he was probably their best player that year. Up there, one of their best players, playing mm. centre midfield. Like he's got so much technical ability, and that's weird to say about Callum Chambers, but he has. So I probably yeah. it'd be a switch up between the two. I'd probably go with Bellerin just for nostalgic views. Centre backs, David Luiz doesn't. He just 
because he's got that mistake in him, every mm. game there is always a mistake. And he just seems to be unlucky with refs. They want to send him off. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, but they seem, they seem to want to. Just that random chip, trip early in the year that I just still can't get over. For the Wolves um, one. The Wolves Nuts. one. Oh, yeah, literally, man. mate. So I probably, I, I, like, I like holding. I, I really like holding. Um, and at the moment, Mary just seems solid. But Gabriel, okay, I'll go holding Gabriel just for the pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel was a solid player. He was our player of the se- player of the month a couple of times at the start of the year. And he yeah. just he seems to have dropped out of the team a little bit. I, I think Arteta seems to be preferring Mari, um, but I would definitely go Gabriel. And then at left back, it's Tierney every day. It's Tierney. Yeah. If Tierney's not fit, yeah, it's great to have Shaka as an option now. But I really like Saka there as well. I think he gets up the ring wing, wing really well. And obviously, Saka being at left back gives us an opportunity for Martinelli to slot, slot in on the wing, which um, yeah, I'm always keen keen to see. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about the um about the lineup question on on for uh, for Thursday now because I'm I I've I've got very similar feelings and what that does is allow Xhaka to come in the middle and we'll we'll, we'll talk about it I suppose when we get to it but we're probably um, going to end up with exactly the same team that's what's going to yeah, happen maybe I, I yeah and and I think the Gabriel conversation is really interesting because he has dropped out a bit but what one thing I do like about Arteta and, and is that he does when somebody is injured and somebody comes in if they're playing well they they keep their place um it's when they have a bit of a shocker i.e. Yeah. Holding and Marie last week. This is where it could get interesting. Um, he does tend to switch things up, so I'm quite curious to see what he does. But um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a big advocate for that, though. I mean, if you if you perform well, mm. of course you should hold your place. What's the incentive 100%. to any? What's the incentive to anyone that doesn't get that? I don't. Mm. Apart from William, who just tends, <laughs> tends yeah. to never play well, but for some reason, well, for did. the majority of the season, you know. Even yesterday, to be honest, I don't think I've even mentioned the fact that he started yesterday. And no, it's, and it's I mean, not because I don't want to. I, yeah, mm. it's not because I don't want to. Like I actually, when he was playing for Chelsea, I always always rated him, but he's just mm. he just doesn't seem to have the same drive that he had. I don't know if at the start of the season he said it was he was changing, uh, he was learning, he was learning Arteta's ways. But I can't imagine his ways are that much different from all from everything he did at Chelsea. At the end of the day, we want him to pick up the ball, cre- be creative, get assists, score goals. That's mm what we want from him but yeah, yeah I, 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 when we signed Willian I was um, I was excited I was furious obviously at the contract he got because we knew that it was yeah. going to be a disaster I mean that was just stupid but you know Willian was a brilliant player last season I mean back end of Chelsea's last season he was he was electric he was scoring from everywhere um, I think he was one of their best players that season and I think it was really exciting to have him and he's basically just been awful and uh, yesterday he was uh, fine he didn't, that's it he's he fine, he put a few it? good balls in but and that was kind of it he just he get he just has he has this habit you know one thing i really like about emil smith rowe saka martinelli and all these players is that from a midfield or just behind the uh, striker sort of position wherever they are across that line they whenever they feed it into whoever's at the top lacazette Aubameyang, um who may be coming deep they have this immediate instant drive whether they're on the wing or from central positions just to get in behind that's their first thought and it yeah. stretches teams and it makes Lacazette look better because only because he is better but it it in it, 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 uh, it elevates the rest of the team whereas Willian he just does this thing right where he looks like he's gonna maybe go for a run and have an opportunity to to, to run in behind from the wing and then stops receives the ball from a standing position looks around a bit, does a step over, passes it in centrally. We've slowed down the play. I mean, there's nothing happens. But that, is it, that is it. And that yeah. happens repeatedly. I mean, it's great if you want full retention. Brilliant. Get, get him on when we're 2-0 up, 1-0 up, whatever. But you just want to see more from a player that you're paying that sort of money to. And I mean, mm. I, I can remember when he did his first interview when he came, he said that he wanted to take Arsenal back to the top, similar to what David Luiz said. And that's great to see. We love that sort of ambition, but he's got to be part of that. He's got to be the mm. sort of player that's fighting to make that happen. Like like we see Emil Smith-Rowe, Shaka, I don't know, Saka. And um, yeah, I think we just want to see that drive. We want to see that fight. And I just don't, I, I don't know. He just doesn't look that interested. Um, um, anyway, that's, that's Willian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've had our yeah. rant on him. Oh God, yeah. It tends to tends to nearly become weekly, but we, you know, we 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 do go into it over and over again. But it's it, it, it to be fair to Arteta, he's finally got him out of the team. It did take him too long, but you know, he he has got him out, and um, you know, hopefully we won't see too much from coming the end of the season. But um, but yeah, in in general, that game was was very 
it was just needed. We needed to get a win under our belt. It was fine. Yeah. It was a bit boring, particularly because I watched it when it wasn't live. So it was extra boring. Um, I thought Newcastle really didn't threaten. And I think we were really comfortable. St. Maxim was had a few tricky moments, but really that's kind of their tactic. They just get it to St. Maxim and hope for the best, particularly when, Willian, when uh, Willock's not playing. Um, yeah. who, who was your, your man of the match then? Man of the match? I mean, probably just because I'm biased, I'm going to go with Martinelli. Yeah. Yeah, I just think he 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 just he's the sort of player that I want to watch every single week. So um, yeah, I'd probably go with that. I mean, great again, great to see Aubameyang get his goal, but he wouldn't have had it without Martinelli. He made it happen. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I, yeah. I completely agree. I think he was electric from start to finish. I think he was making things happen. He just does what Martinelli does, and he just he just has that unpredictable burst of energy or just this desire to get forward. I mean, look if you're if you're Villarreal this week you don't want Martinelli to start he, no you, you don't want to play against him um, so of course we'll get into that so yeah he was my man of that for sure um, now uh, what we do at this point obviously is normally dick of the day so I don't know if you oh, have obvious. one yeah it's <laughs> obvious to be honest yeah Fabian Shah his tackle <laughs> was just atrocious oh, that was dumb it's wasn't it 2-0 they're losing 2-0 90th minute of the game I don't understand what mm-hmm. he's doing there's just no point of of making that challenge and he was never getting the ball and he he knew it and he was trying to he stayed on the pitch for quite a while waiting for the VAR decision with some sort of idea that it was it was going to be overturned no chance like it was always going to I know Mike Riley's usually a bit keen to or Mike Dean sorry he's usually a bit keen to to get his uh, red card out but mm. it was definitely a red it was it was a poor tackle and very deserved really it's about as stupid as it gets doesn't it yeah <laughs> I don't know what definitely. he's thinking and actually on that note um there was a moment, I was talking about Xhaka before, where, because Xhaka got a very early yellow card. A silly uh, yellow, yeah. Yeah, And then, do you remember there was a point, I don't know what time it was, maybe the 66, not sure, about that time, um, and he just seemed to elbow check someone. And I was like, you know, because he has that, he has that kind of tendency that, or a reputation at least that precedes him. So that if he does do something like that, it's pretty easy, like we've seen before, for referees to be tr- pretty card trigger happy and yeah. i thought he was going to get sent off um but he wasn't he didn't thank god <laughs> with, with anything like that at the moment you just can't take the risk just var it's going to get mm. you um yeah they're, look, exactly. they're looking well they're looking for any decision they can make aren't they so mm. some of the decisions again we could get onto this again but we probably don't want to because <laughs> another another podcast in itself about var oh yeah literally we could i mean we've talked to the end of the world about var a million times and it's gone against us in, in in tough moments, we know, and thank God, you know, yesterday nothing too crazy happened and there wasn't some crazy weird armpit offside for El Nenny's screamer and all sorts of things. But yeah. um <laughs> but so I mean, dick of the day. Um I struggled with this one really because it was a pretty vanilla game. But uh, so I I sort of whilst I was trying to think of one, I was looking at the footage of Man United's protests. And amongst all the <laughs> I just really like this guy. I know what it you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. I, I don't know if you, yeah, maybe you do, but there's is a guy it, who's it, just got his arms folded. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really so, bad. I feel for him because he got absolutely crunched. Oh, but, did he? Oh, I, I think so. Yeah, that. he had his arms folded right in front of the police. Yeah. Is it this oh, one? I didn't yeah. see the end of it. Oh, no, yeah, I just yeah. saw a picture. Watch all so, of it, but. Unfortunately, the police pushed out and, and he just got, he didn't even, kept his arms crossed the whole time, just ended up straight on the floor. Oh, that, that even, that deserves a dick of the day. I, I, I almost thought it was going to be like a man of the match thing, but I just wanted to mention it in dick of the day because it's in the vibe. But he, um, yeah, everyone else was throwing stuff and, uh, you know, we need to get the glazes out. And he was just almost like a very disappointed grandma. He was just <laughs> like looking at the police and Man United going, oh, well, what have you done? And then as I didn't know that, and then he got crushed. Well, yeah. You know what? That sounds very Austin Powers. You know when that guy gets crushed by that roller, and he's yeah. just standing there for hours. Honestly, yes. he just he he stood still the whole time. He uh he took mm. it. To be fair to him, there was another one. I think we saw this, but in the penalty box, I think someone had got a football from somewhere, yeah. and they uh oh they just, just looked terrible. They weren't very good. But there's a viral video of it going around. It's quite entertaining. Quite a lot yeah. happening. There was, a, there was a kid. There was a kid on the net as well. Like yeah, and, uh, and then he, you know, he got kicked off the net when okay, maybe yeah. that would be that would be a good dick of the day because he was sitting on the corner of the net and uh, someone kicked a ball and it knocked him off the net and he fell on the floor. There was some good stuff. There was some really was, good stuff. It was quite entertaining. I, mean, I can imagine for the fans that were there, it would have been quite a yeah, quite an experience to get on that pitch. 
Um, definitely, definitely. I mean, it really happens at relegation. No, not relegation. Sorry, promotion parties. Promotion, and, you know, yeah, things yeah. like that. Alrighty. Um, well, that's that's Newcastle. It's what we needed. I'm looking forward to to Thursday, and I've got maybe I'm sure you will have a question. I've got a question on it as well. So, um, obviously, we couldn't get questions from everybody. Um, so in the second part, we normally answer your guys' questions. So I've kind of tried to predict what you guys would have would have said. Um, and you know, you've got a few questions as well, Tom. I think Do you have questions. Uh, I can. You, think could, of you one. could make make some up. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw I'll, one at I'll you come first. Up with one. Yep. Okay. Um, okay. What do we think of Joe Willock, and what do we do with him at the end of the season? That's a tough one. Um, so I think I, I I love it when youth is able to get a chance. So I think it's a great it's a great thing that he's been able to go and get some minutes at Newcastle. Obviously, it's, it's a bit of a shame that he's not getting as much as we initially thought he would. Uh, but he's still making an impact from the bench. And similar to uh, Maitland-Niles at West Brom, it's great to see him getting some game time because, unfortunately, they, they just wouldn't get that sort of playing time at Arsenal at the moment. You look at Enketia um, as an example of that. He's just, he just seems to be, unfortunately, uh, wasting away on the bench, which we don't want to see. We want to see these players getting game time, getting some experience under their belts. And, for me, if we if if Willett comes back and he he's keen to to keep pushing at Arsenal, then I think we need to we need to try and stick with him and give him opportunity to play. And um, we there's obviously I mean when I was looking through the team sheet, or, well the potential team sheet for Thursday, I, I'm really struggling with who to play in centre midfield. I mean what, what I will mm. say obviously we're aware that he's an attacking midfielder, but I still think he has ability to be a box to box midfielder like we knew Aaron Ramsey to be. Like we still. We need that player that is box to box. Party plays it for us now, but there's nothing to say that that um, that he couldn't that he couldn't do that. I think he's definitely got a future at Arsenal. Um, we just need to see him step up to that next level. And, and like I said, unfortunately, it's a shame that he's not playing Newcastle week in week out. It'd be great to mm. see that. Um, what about you? What do you think about him? Yeah, I, I'm I'm really happy for that. He's playing well, but he's not getting enough minutes and. He seems to be an impact player for for Newcastle. But one thing I would say about Newcastle is they've got a plan for him, right? Because they, they they play their game plan. You know, they get the defensive team out, and they deploy Wilson and Willock, and usually something happens, and it's it's been really successful. Um, he's in a bit of a purple patch, fine, and I think he's a good player. Um, but I guess the, there's two sides of this because he's played well enough that he's probably raised the price of what he would be. So. Yeah. We could probably get some good money for him. And I just fear that he's the kind of player that I don't really know what he where his best position is, particularly in the system that we play. Like I don't think he'd be a 10. In fact, I definitely don't think he'd be a 10. No. Particularly with the kind of player that you know Arteta likes. And to be honest, that we would need there. He's just not that guy. And then maybe he's a bit more offensive than Sabios. Um, so maybe he could be that if we're playing against a more attacking team, party's partner, party's partner. So maybe he's a squad player there, but I think generally we we do need a bit more of a not even if we can get world class great, but we could, we do need a bit more of an upgrade there. You know, we were talking does, about Hasimoar, but well, he just he seems like a bit of um. I actually saw something about uh, Brand. Yeah. yeah, yeah, potentially. I think he's there's a cut price deal for him at the moment. Now, apparently, we our names been thrown in there, which is always nice for Arsenal to be linked to to a yes. good player. Uh, but we'll wait and see what happens with that. I mean, I think. I, I, like I said, with young players, I like to see them come through and I like to see them have, a, yeah. have an opportunity. I mean, it's great. I, I always think about those players that we managed to just get the right price for. I mean, you look at Oxlade-Chamberlain, 35 million for him. Mm. It won't be 35 million yeah. for him. I mean, that <laughs> what was... What a steal. What a steal. Someone needs mad. to... Whoever did that deal needs to get something for it because what an achievement that is. But yeah. I do think... I think these sort of players, if you look at like Maitland-Niles... Let's be fair, he would be a very good Premier League player for, for most teams. I, I think he, he's the sort of player that should be playing every week. And he is with West Brom. And if we don't see a use for him, yeah, we should probably take the opportunity to sell him this summer. Same with Willock. Again, if we don't see... He, we could probably get, what, 10 to 20 mil for between that sort of bracket, I'd say, for yeah. Willock. Yeah, which is, which is a decent return on... on on a player that's come through our academy. And it, it opens up more opportunity for other players to come through our academy. I mean... Yeah, it's great to always see players come through and just play for us forever, but it's not realistic, is it? We've always got to try and mm. we've always got to try and sell some of these players on. And I hope that one of them isn't or either Saka or um, Emil Smith Rowe, because for me they're they're the future of the team and that's what we need to be building around. Like hundred percent. 
imagine those three playing every single week, Saka, Smith Rowe and Martinelli. Like what a what a dream that would be to have those three. Oh, yeah. That would I mean? be that's the dream. And you know, having I mean, I know that Martinelli isn't grown, but he's young enough that we've 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 deployed him at an early age. And I think we can definitely take credit for, you know, giving him the platform to to perform at a young age. And I hope that continues. And those three would be so exciting. And yeah. you know, I think we probably need a, an experienced head up top just to make sure that, you know, when Lacazette plays and those three play and we've got the young players in behind who have all the energy, but that old head probably just gives it that experience that we need. But in terms of Joe Willock, yeah, I, I think a good price, I'd be happy to sell him. But I mean, yeah. if he was a squad player and was happy to be a squad player and came off the bench to cause havoc like he does for Newcastle, then, hey, that's, I think he's an upgrade on Tobias, definitely. So, um, well, be a different a, player. Go I've on. got a question for you then. So Hit me. All right, we've got a, an interesting situation with forwards. Really, we've got one position. The way that Arteta plays, we've got one striking position for, for our team. We've got four players now that are in that bracket, which are Lacazette, Aubameyang, um, Enketia and Balogun. Who do you, which one of those do you let go? Or, or what do you do to, to get, make sure yeah. that each of those players get some game time next season? What do you do? Or do, or do you sell one of them? I don't know. Yeah, it's thought? it's hard, like you say, because you do get that sort of romanticism about players that are from a from the Hayland, and you think, oh, these guys are the ones that we need to give a bit more time. But there, there just is that complication between Balogun and Enketio and the agent situation and all that sort of stuff. But they're both on contracts now. I think Enketio is coming up to two years left, so it is stick or twist. I'd have to check check that, but I believe that's the case. Um, I would sell Enketio, and I believe we're deploying him in certain games now. Because I mean, he's looked sharp a bit, but he scored a goal against uh, uh, against Fulham. But I I just think he's the one I think to let go. Balogun's the future. Yeah. The the difficult thing there, because I do think Lacazette will go, and and I don't. That that makes me sad because I wouldn't like him to go. But the issue we've got is Balogun is so young and Ketty is so young. Aubameyang and Lacazette are so old. We just don't have anyone in the age profile that we need to be our centre striker. So, I mean, in terms of what I'd do, I'd sell Nketiah and that leaves our three. But I believe, and I don't want this to happen, but Lacazette would go. If Lacazette does go, we'll get some cash for him. I think we bring in a, a spearhead striker. I mean, I don't know who we could get. I don't know who that would be. I've I always had... The, there, are, there, are, there are so few, like, we're talking world-class forwards out there. there and if there is, like, they've either been discovered and they cost an absolute fortune. Because it is, it's the hardest position on the pitch. I mean, you look at Enketia, he's so much promise and he just, he just doesn't seem to be putting them away like we would expect him to. Look at him at under 21 level. He's top goal scorer for them. Mm. I think we just expect a bit more of him, but it is so hard. Ryan, like Ryan Brewster, again, yeah. a, play, a player that everyone had so much, like there was so much potential for him. I think he scored 12 for, when, he played, when he played for Swansea last year. Gone to Sheffield United, still hasn't scored in like 25 games. It's just, it's just interesting. And I don't know, I don't know, Who's out there? Watkins always impresses me, but then if you're Watkins, yeah. would you make that move up? I don't. Or is it even a move up at the moment? <laughs> God, that's yeah. The, that's that is the depressing. Problem. That is yeah. depressing. Yeah, and it, it's it's just interesting. I do, you have to. Martinelli was a great find. Um, I'm hopeful that they're all they're on the lookout for other players like that that can come through. And but it's difficult to buy a player. I think like again, like I think Aubameyang a few years ago to get him for 50, 50 odd was a was a fantastic deal. Um, yeah that's the challenge yeah. isn't it and we always it's great in our head to think oh brilliant but actually making that transfer happen and bringing in a player of that quality is a really hard task that we sometimes take for granted um, what do you think about Danny Ings I love Danny Ings I think uh, I've, I've, I've had many chats about Danny Ings and where I think he's going to go he can't be at Southampton any longer he's got to leave this year Yeah, and I just think when I look at the teams around around England, if I was Danny Ings, I'd be looking at a team like, I mean, Man United could do with a Danny Ings. It'd be fantastic if we could get him, but I think he's been quite clear to say that he wants Champions League every single year, almost guaranteed. Did he say that? Yeah. Okay. I think that's, he said that's what he'll move on for. And I just, I, I'm not sure that we're that, at that point mm. we can guarantee him every year, unfortunately. Um, I do think with like Jamie Vardy leaving Leicester, uh, well, not leaving Leicester, but Jamie Vardy only has so many years. He's 35 now. Like, so yeah. how long has he really got? And Iheanacho started to become the player that everyone thought he was going to be at City. Um, so maybe, I, originally I thought Leicester was the obvious place for Ings, but I'm not sure if that is the case now. 
Yeah. It'd be, it'd be amazing if we could get Ings. What a, what a buy that would be. Um, but I'm just yeah. not sure. I'm just not sure. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought. I think United would, they would probably go for somebody that um, has a bit more of a name. That seems to be Edward Wood's sort of position. So I'd be quite surprised if they did end up going for Danny Ings, because he just seems to have, hmm, he, he, he's not a superstar name. And I think yeah. that's the kind of thing United would do. I think they'll go for Kane if they can. I've, I've got a friend, I've got a friend who's a United fan and we had an argument yeah. this week about Kane. My, from my, my point is, all right, if you're Harry Kane, really, really let's be fair, all right, mm. I shouldn't be saying this as an Arsenal fan, but he's the best striker maybe in the world at the moment, him, Lewandowski, yeah. whatever. 100%. Uh, yeah. And right now, if you're, if you're Harry Kane and you've got a choice of going to City, who also need a striker with Aguero going, if you've got the choice of going to City or Man United, where are you going to? It's City. City, 100%. 100%. You've got the chance of playing with, the, with, with KDB, with Bernardo, with Mares. Like, There's so many world-class players that they've got that can pick balls out for you. I mean, I'm, I'd be scared. Like, the amount of goals he'll get a season, he'll be breaking mm. all kinds of records. And he, he'll, he'll catch up with Shearer very quickly. And I just, I just he was absolutely adamant. He's like, nah, definitely going to United. Why would we go anywhere what? else? It's, I yeah. know, come on. I think but, they're the only two teams that could really afford him, to be honest. I mean, this is the thing. I think the t- teams around the world, let's call it Real Madrid or Barca, who obviously always say they don't have cash, particularly in COVID, but they'll have cash. They'll be able yeah. to spend it. I have no doubt. Um, I, I, Haaland, Mbappe and Kane are the ones that are ready to do something. And Mbappe and Haaland are just younger. I think they'll be one on two on everyone's list in whichever order, I don't know. But they will be one and two. So that leaves Kane as number three, in my opinion. So it just is how many... So I think, let's call it 120 million for Mbappe and 120 million for Haaland. I've plucked that out of my my yeah. tiny little bum. But I also... if That means that Harry Kane's probably going to be about the same, purely because of his contract, Daniel Levy's position on him, and the control they have over his contract. So what does that mean for Harry Kane? Are there, basically, are there going to be three clubs out there, this transfer window, willing to pay after COVID about that amount of money? I don't know if there is. I read something this week that said that Haaland's definitely staying. This oh, summer. wow. Yeah, okay. I, I did. I mean, it was. I think it was maybe Richard Dortmund's chief of football, something like that. He, he mm. came out and said that he's definitely staying. Whether that happens or not, a lot can change. And, Obviously, Raleigh thinks he's definitely going to go, mm. um, but he's keen to move anyway. Yeah, well, we'll I mean, get him. Yeah, yeah, of course we'll get. Him. Yeah, 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 no problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely Easy. fine. Easy. Well, like, those are the kind of players that we could need. But I've really, I've kind of conscious that we've started talking about anything else but Arsenal at the moment, oh, no, just, oh, no. and players that we 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 can't get and yeah. are basically too good for us. But um, let's see if we get Champions League. But I mean, anyway. So the bottom line is, I think we do need a new spearhead striker, experienced. Danny Ings, I think, would be great. Maybe he wouldn't suit. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Watkins, I'd quite like. But I fear with Watkins, he's quite young. And if we've got Martinelli, Saka, um, Emil Smith-Rowe, then we do need someone experienced to kind of spearhead it. So let's see. Um, yeah. But that's why I think right. hold on to Laka, if we can. Yeah, hold on to Laka for another few years until these players are ready. Because I, I really do think Martinelli and Fulligan, they, they can be those players that we want them to be. Yeah, there's Martinelli, of course. I hadn't even thought about that. But Martinelli yeah. is, of course, he's, he's through the middle. He's brilliant. And was under Unai Emery and all those times. So... I'd like to see it a bit more. Um, yeah, agreed. Alrighty. Well, let's let's do one more. And I think this will be a bit more of a debate, I guess. And so we've got Thursday coming up. It's big. I'm very excited, but also extremely nervous. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's starting, mate? All right. Here we go. So here we go. Um, right. Ryan did well yesterday. But he did. I, you, he did. I, I should, yeah, we should say that. To be fair, clean, I thought he was really clean good. Clean sheet. Got a clean sheet. So Not used to that, are we? No, exactly. So I, I probably, um, I'd consider him, but I'd always go Leno. I think he's he's always got to be our man for these big occasions. Um, so much experience as well, and we've got to remember that. Sadly, love Ryan, brilliant, great that he's an Arsenal fan, boyhood Arsenal fan, but he did let go. He did get let go from Brighton uh, as their third choice keeper. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's quite a move. So yeah, Leno in goal, uh, right back. Toss up between Ballerin and Chambers. I would probably go Chambers just because of how he's been playing recently. And I think we just need a bit of uh, solidity on that side this week. Um, and that's because of what I'm planning to do on the left-hand side, which I'll tell you in a second. I'm looking forward um, to this. Here we go. At the back, purely because of stats, uh, holding and marry. 
they've just got the best, okay. um, the most clean sheets together this year, this season. I think Holding's got something like 10 clean sheets in 24 games, um, in 27 games, which isn't too bad. Pretty um, good, yeah. Yeah, considering the amount of mistakes we generally make as a, as a back four, I think that's pretty good going. And then Mary, just because they just, they just seem solid together. Um, at left back, this is to make it possible to get Martinelli into the team. Um, Saka will be going there for me. I, I, I read about it this, uh, today. See, Tierney was back. And I think Arteta's latest press conference said that he, um, he doesn't expect that Tierney or Laka will yeah. be back. Um, so we've got a plan for, plan for them not to be in the team. I don't know whether he's doing any Mourinho mind games um, and just <laughs> trying to make Emery think that uh, think they're not playing, but probably not. And the reason I'm putting Saka at left back uh, is so that we can move Shaka into centre mid without Ceballos. I think it's the obvious thing to do. Um, whether that's going to happen, I don't know. I think there's, there's realistically, knowing Arteta, he'll probably put Shaka in a left back and mm. Al Nenny and Party in centre midfield. Um, and then the wingers, Pepe on one side. We've got some good stats on Pepe actually. So he's the joint top scorer in the Europa League this season. With six, yeah, he is, yeah. Six goals and four assists. I think that's in something like 11 games. I mean, that does take his total for the season to 11 goals, which I think for a winger isn't too bad going, considering he hasn't played that much as mm-hmm. well. He hasn't been starting every game. Um, and then the other, on the other side, I have a Martinelli. So Pepe on the right, Martinelli on the left, both cutting in. Um, and then centre-attacking mid. I mean, I think it's just got to be... I, I, I'm keen to start Smith Rowe, but I think Odegaard's got to be mm. the choice. Um, I just think his experience playing in Spain against teams like Everett just makes sense. So I think obviously he, he was on loan at Real Sociedad for a year as well. So he's, he's just got, as well as his links to Real, um, I think mm. he's the obvious choice there. And then up top, it's got to be Aubameyang. There's no one else really um, that can take that position at the moment. Um, which, which, and then I surprised myself by not even thinking about Willian, who <laughs> is going to be on the bench. Yeah. What about you? Is your team? Yeah. Much different few, to that. It, mm, I, I keep going through different things in my head. I mean, of course, it's come out that Lacazette and Tierney aren't going to be fit. I think, in terms of the mind games, I reckon the mind games came last week. I think Tierney and Lacazette were never in contention. I think he probably just did that to confuse Unai. Um, but it looks like they're going to be out. So that that is really disappointing. So, yeah, Leno, I think he's experienced. I think he proved it last week. He's had a couple of mistakes recently. I mean, that one that was really bad, but there's been a couple recently. But he's always been good at coming back from any mistake, no matter how small and how big. So, yeah, he's just the one I think we've got to have. So, yeah, Leno is quite easy for me. I like Chambers. Um, one thing that I've... Yeah, I've said this before. We've gone over, I think, Bellerin's, like... In, since he's come back from his ACL, I think defensively has been suspect quite a lot and he has been defensively at fault for quite a number of goals um sometimes in a bit more of a small way but typically i think he has been left quite exposed um and even going forward he just looks like he's oh and i love the guy and i feel so bad saying this but he just doesn't yeah. look at mobile he just doesn't look like he could run and i don't even mean fast he just looks uncomfortable it looks like he's got a you know something really wrong with him and Almost doesn't look like an athlete at points. So it's anyway. The point is, I I feel bad for him, and I just don't. I wouldn't pick him. So, but it is interesting that they both come mm. back from the same injury. That Chambers has just yeah. come back from his ACL injury. Holding as well. Like it's just interesting to see how different players are affected by it. Um, Bellerin seems to be more affected by it. I think because so much of Bellerin's game was pace. Um, um, it's 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 just difficult to get that same pace back to get that same electric pace back. Whereas Chambers is always, he's never really had pace, has he? No. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, I know. Yeah. He's kind of just got that medium pace. Like he just gets up yeah, and down. So- and he's got a good cross. But I would go Chambers. I would. Yeah. I'd, and, and the reason why I would is because I do the same thing as you on the left. I'd put Saka. So that allows Saka to go forward. And perhaps Chambers would just be um, the person who has gives us a bit more defensive security on the right hand side. So as a three, yeah. when Saka goes forward, it looks pretty good. And he's pretty tall. Um, and if we had to- we had Chambers at right back, <laughs> here we go. I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth at this point. So at centre backs, uh, I would put Holding because, as a right said, the centre back, I think he has been the most consistent. He's had a few dodgy games, but in general, he's been pretty good. Now, um, with Marie, um, he's a good player. 
he is a good player and he did have consistency. And I think Holding looks a bit better next to him, but I just feel like in a big game like this, and this is just my opinion, I would happily see Marie in there, but I think I would go with Gabriel. Just, I think he's more aggressive. Um, I think he has the capacity to be a better player. And and that obviously is long-term. I think he, he, he does have that capacity, but also game to game, he has that capacity to be a man of the match winner and, you know, a game, a match winner, a man of the match, a, um, a dominant force. And I do think yeah. we kind of need that pace as well. So uh, I would go Gabriel, but Saka, um, yeah, left back for, for the same reason. Jacka needs to be in the middle. I think Partey looks better with him next to him. I think Jacka looks better than anyone else that we've got in midfield at that point. Definitely Ceballos and Elneny as well. But um, So that leaves the front four. So Bamiyang has to start because, like you say, he's the only one and he's experienced and he knows what he's doing in the semi-final. He's had an up-and-down season. But you know what? When he scored at the weekend, get him in the team. Like, just get him in. So Let's, let's remember what he did in the FA Cup semi-final and final. It was he oh, basically... Yeah. Yeah, he made it happen for us. So he, he's he the sort of player us. that can do that. Yeah. He can make anything happen. And on his day, he can. So I think we've got to play him. We've got to play our best players. So, um, and again, I'm not quite sure what's about to come in my mouth for the, for the middle three at the mm. moment. But one thing I would say is that Saka has an unbelievable relationship with Martinelli. I mean, whenever they play on the same side, stuff happens. And I really think that with Saka and Martinelli on that left side with the Bamiang up top, those two on the left have a serious desire to get in behind. So I like it. Those are the two I'd play on sort of that side. So Martinelli on the left. And then it is, I would start Pepe as well. Um, but I do feel bad for either Emil Smith-Rowe or Odegaard. And I think I'm the same as you, I would start Odegaard. And the reason is, um, yeah, I just think he gives us that technical security a little bit more. But again, well, having said that, I'm trying to think here. Yeah, Bamiyang does tend to get in behind quite well. But I think he, what is good about Aubameyang up top is that having three technical secure players we've looked best with Aubameyang up top and three technical secure players behind him so that would be Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe and Odegaard so maybe it would be those three uh, well no because I want Saka at left back so that does shake things up a little bit um, so I'd play Odegaard but the good thing is I think I'm, I'm kind of giving myself my own caveats because really we've got five subs so yeah you know, I, maybe maybe I would start Emil Smith Rowe and bring Martinelli on um, well, because I, we've got be that fair, time. But then, yeah, realistically, I don't think he's going to start Martinelli. The no, team I, that I think he, the team I think he actually will. I don't know what he's going to do in centre mid. I think he will. He he likes Shaka. He likes Saka playing forward. So I, mm. I do think he'll probably put in. I think Cedric will probably start a left back. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think okay. he probably will. I think he probably will, just so that he can get Shaka back into centre mid and then Saka playing um, Saka playing up in that mm. three. Uh, and I think he probably will go Saka. I just can't see him not starting Pepe. I think Pepe will start. And then he has to. Mm. It's, I think it will be Odegaard. I don't, he doesn't mind leaving Smith-Rowe out now and again. As, no. good as, he's been, as good as he's been this season, I think that's probably the team he'll go with. He just... He, I, I do like Cedric as well. He's just... I would prefer to have a more attacking team. Um, yeah. I, I watched all football I, I, and I watched the Tottenham game last night and it was just good to see them. Have, well, they had such an attacking team out and I, I, obviously it's, it's a contrast to what you, used, what you did see under Mourinho. And I just, I'd like to see Arsenal do the same thing. I'd like to see us go, go and attack mm -hmm. in this game because um, we could easily go and try and just get a 1-0 at home and it's, it's just not what you want to see. You want to see us trying to dominate the game like we did um, in the second leg against... Um, so we go on the last leg. What? What? Sorry, the second the leg last, against the last leg, second leg in the in the last round. Oh, I uh, see. Um, oh, Dynamo. No, uh, no. Sparta Prague. Oh my god, that was terrible. That was god. terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's so like we did against Christ. them. We we just went yeah. gung ho. Like we wanted to get, and the, and the result was basically done within the first first half an hour. And, and that's what mm. I really want to see. I want to see that attacking. I mean, Emery's not stupid, and Villarreal are a good team, so we can't expect that we're just going to. Mm. run away with it but we need to um, that's that's the sort of football I like to watch anyway so definitely yeah. and I but I think if, if Saka plays in the attack he obviously plays on the right um, I think with Aubameyang Aubameyang looks best and I think the team looks best when there's three technical players behind him rather than the uh, out and out wingers per se so that is Saka yeah. Emil Smith-Rowe and, and the Nerdegaard in the middle so I would play those three behind Aubameyang, if Saka is going to be in the front four. Um, and we'll see. You see how so, hard it's been for us. It's been yeah, so hard. For yeah. how, is, how is Arteta going to decide this team? It's such a and hard they, job. 
and there's good, there's good, there's good problems to solve up up top, you know. So hopefully, yeah. you know, hopefully we make the right decision. So, um, but alrighty, well, let's leave it there then. We've been speaking fast for about an hour, so I'm sure people have better things to do than listen to us. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's leave it there. Um, Tom, cheers for coming. How was your first? How was your first time on? Yeah, it's a pleasure, mate. It was uh, thoroughly enjoyable. I love love talking about Arsenal. Any opportunity nice. to do so? So thanks, mate. No worries. Well, um, I hope you come back soon. We've got. Gus coming back at short, I'm sure at some point as well. So all three of us will come on at some point. It'd be good to have our first three-person podcast as well. So um, and hopefully other members of the WhatsApp group, but we can we can get to that another point. So um nice one. All right, thanks everyone for listening. Let's hope for the next time we speak, we've got um a a victory. Um, or maybe a couple more victories. I'm not sure we've got the Premier League next week, but obviously they've got the the most exciting game of the season, which is having to come back from a 2-1 deficit against uh, Villarreal. So let's see what happens. Enjoy your week, and let's hope we'll see you in the final. Cheers, all.